At least with Nadia, there's like some semblance of intelligence about AI. Nothing in the world of Deviant as far as intelligence when it comes to AI. I'm like, this is how it works. It's just a person that's also a robot. <laughs> I do love that none of us who, who are writing science fiction, adventure fiction, uh, we, we cannot resist having AI characters. I don't know of anybody who, well, um, the Ninth World Journal doesn't. That's the yeah. that's the only one I can think of where there isn't a chatty robot. With me, I had actually stole the idea from a different story I'd written because I was like, what if it's an AI, but it's basically just a person? Mm -hmm. And so, like, just a friend there. Because, like, most, there, there's a few AIs where it's just based, I am computer. And I'm like, no. What okay. if it's just this southern bell that hangs out with him all the time? But she is also doing things with and for the ship, though, right? I mean, she's still... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alyssa has been there. She maintains all the stuff on the ship. But it, basically, I describe her more as a mom than anything else. Right. I, I was talking with the uh, well. I've had this conversation with several other uh, uh, drama showrunners. There's got to be a name for what we do. I do. That's that's the best I've been able to come up with. Mm. Hey, audio. We're, a lot of people are using audio fiction, and they and they uh, abbreviate it as AF, which I cannot read as audio fiction. Um, oh, never. I never read that as I can't. audio fiction. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, this is my podcast AF. And I think, okay. <laughs> Very confident about it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Go on, good for you, I guess. But I just realized I'm doing the uh, Rucklin 5 and 30 kind of uh, easing into this introduction, but I didn't uh, say your name or any of that stuff. So I'm going to back up. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> right. I'm talking to Scotty Moore. Uh, oh, who no. is nobody and you don't need to be concerned about, about who he oh. is. No, you, I, what I want you to do is tell me, because I literally can no longer keep up with how many shows you're doing. Relativity All fans right. know him as Prithvi Amin. And, um, if you saw Scotty, you would say, Hey, you got a white guy playing that, that guy. I'm not going to lie. That was a bit nervous when you first chose me for yeah. this role. I was like, he knows I'm white, right? right? He knows that yeah. that's. Not my whole gig. Right. Um, it, it, that was a uh, a lot of work on my part of trying not to go. Because like when you when you gave me the role, I was like, I don't want to just use my natural accent because people will be able to be like, that's a white guy. Yeah. That just has a. So I was it's trying to cool. Walk he has the, that name, but right. But yeah, and you don't was, you don't want to sound like Apu either. Yeah, that's so, what I was about to say. I didn't yeah. want to come on and talk like this, my friend. I'm like, cause that's not gonna work, and. This is weird, but I was watching The Great British Bake Off at the time, and I cannot remember the guy who who it is. But he won that season, and he was an he was an Indian man, but he had like this lovely British with hints of Indian accent. Yeah. And then uh, that's kind of what I took it from was him. And then in the fifth season, once uh, once he started to get a little bit more comical, I started to steal from Tan France from Queer Eye. I yeah. was just pulling from like a lot of different influences. To make sure that he there was still some evidence of his heritage in the past, but also it was not horribly offensive. Right, that's it. Uh, certainly, our, our neither of us intend to offend, but but most uh, uh, with really only one, well, two exceptions. My Indian friends grew up in England, and so mm -hmm. uh, you know you, you sent me a, a test. You know you remember you sent me a sample, and I said no, that's it. These are the voices that I know. I yeah. you know. 
None of them are voice actors, or I, of course I would have asked them. But but your your facility with voices and dialects is something that I really admire and uh, enjoy making use of. So, uh, but you. so getting back to the question, you do, you're doing a lot of shows, including one in which you play a lot of characters. Yes, I, I, two of them, uh, which we were talking about before we started the actual recording. Right. Um, but I do currently – currently I do seven. I have eight under my belt. One's on hiatus and might just be dead in the water. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to bring it back or not. But I guess since this is a show for audio fiction, um, I do the show <laughs> Deviant. It is a space pirate story. It is – it's basic. Well, I described it to one of my friends, and he goes, "You know, you've written Guardians of the Galaxy again, right?" And I went, "Yeah, basically. Um, oopsie poopsies. It's okay. I made it my own, I guess." Yeah. I don't know. It's also got um, a healthy dose of Futurama in it, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and a lot of earlier sources too. It's it's uh, it's your own thing. It's it's your own yeah. thing. With me, uh, the thing I always come back to is a lot of my plots are simplistic, and I can get away with that because I try to make very complex characters. Mm-hmm. So that way, the audience doesn't have to understand a complex plot and a complex character. All you got to right. do is understand the characters. And once like it follows the exact plot of Star Wars, you're like, yeah, but it's different people now, so it's mm-hmm. fine. But I uh, I do that show, and then I also do JWF Monday Night Ignition, which is a professional wrestling audio drama, which is words that have never been spoken before. I don't it's think very, so. It's rare in the podcasting field to be a first, and I think I might be the first I of that. You have broken new ground there. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as a fan of the Golden Age radio shows, I, I always like to, to, to say that there was a time when America's favorite radio drama was the shadow and you know, his, his, his shtick, his superpower is that he can become invisible. Well, it's a radio show, (laughs) you know, but in the storytelling, it still becomes exciting and dramatic when, uh, when the other people can't see him, you know, it still works. And then uh, one of the most popular comedy shows for years and years was uh, Edgar Bergen's show with Charlie McCarthy and his whole cast of characters. And he's playing those characters. He's a ventriloquist. And and even at the time, people were saying, well, that's stupid, a ventriloquist on the radio. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. But <laughs> it worked. But it was just him playing four characters is what that comes down to. So so what? You know, so yeah, yeah, a a, a live wrestling show on radio. Why not? Yeah, where only me and known associate Blake Tanner play Mm -hmm. everybody. There's only one voice done by somebody else other than, and same thing for Deviant. Every episode is just me, Blake, and then uh, I found this amazing voice actress named Stephanie Craniola to come in and voice Cassidy. Yeah. Because I was like, I we can do everything, but we can't do a girl's voice. So let's the first, throw the her first in. time I heard Cassidy, I I honestly said, "Is that Scotty?" <laughs> I've discovered. <laughs> I I had respect for his range before, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I just said I can't voice girls until I realized. Oh, wait a minute! My favorite character to voice is Alyssa, the AI, <laughs> who is essentially my mom is a robot, which I'm cool with. Right. Yep. But yeah, the majority of all the shows, it is just me or Blake doing a variation on some silly voice we like to do. And and for the most part, it really works. I uh, the the book says that you should be uh, 
that that should just be confusing and we not be able to tell who's who. But you but you do manage to um, to find ways to keep those characters distinct. And um, when you're having a conversation that is essentially with yourself and you're, yeah. you know, putting it together in the editing suite. The so. only one, the only ones that are a little too close for comfort for me is the main character, Dane, which is my voice, and then the villain, who is Asmodeus, which I was originally going to cast you for. I'm not going to call you out here. Yeah. But, uh, but I listen to I it had, and say, damn it, why didn't he call me for that? Yeah, but I was going to, uh, and so once I realized, oh no, I've got to do that voice. I had to come up with something on the fly, and I think I I had just watched Thor Ragnarok, and I fell <laughs> in love with Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, and so I just kind of wanted to uh, uh, do do something a, a little uh, Goldblum esque for him, and then it just slowly went back to my voice, just with like a little bit more nasalness. So there, the last episode of the season. There's a scene with just those two talking, and I went, uh oh. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, messed up on this one. Yeah, that's a that's a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I've done I've done I've done that with uh, with other actors. Got had them in the studio and just looking at them, not realizing how much alike they sound. And then when you sit down to do post on it, you realize this is a mess. I can't tell which of these characters is which, and uh, it's oh, yeah. too late to do anything about it then. Well. Mm-hmm. well. <laughs> With me, what I did was I just started uh, getting into that old pitch shifter and making well, like there are episodes where Asmodeus's voice is like two times higher than normal, and I'm like, I just had to do something to separate them apart. Yeah, as soon as I said, there's nothing you can do. I thought, well, and that's not true. There, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because I've certainly done that too. I said, well, oh, these people sound alike. I'm gonna have to pitch somebody down a little better. Yeah, yeah, uh, something. So talk about your 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 nonfiction shows, your NF shows. You also you do oh, you do Lord. you do a lot of live stuff, and you've got yeah, a baby that somebody's taking care of. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we do uh, Fight Boys, which is a wrestling podcast. We do Opposite Attractions, which is a podcast about building our own theme park. So we talk about Disney and stuff like that, but then we focus down and say, I want to build a theme park that's based off of sitcoms or based off of like a D&D adventure and stuff like that. So that's Opposite Attractions. Um, there's Me Again, which is a self-help podcast about helping myself. And that's mostly a daily diary where each day at the end of the day, I will review the day and basically say, hey, here's where I messed up. Here's what I should have done. Take this information so you don't make this mistake in your life. And so it kind of helps people because they can hear about it and say, oh, that's a mistake. I won't do that. And then it also helps them because, like, everyone slips up and doesn't follow their own advice. So they get to watch that adventure as I'm like, I didn't follow my advice again. So we're going to learn together on this adventure. Oh. You know, I I had heard the pitch for that before and said, I need to subscribe to that. And then I've let it get away from me. And now I'm remembering again, I need to be listening to that because I, mm-hmm. I admire the generosity of that. That just seems like a great. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you, it, it, my temptation, if I were doing that, would be to deliberately screw things up so that I'd have something to talk about on the show. I've had days like that where I'm like, oh, no, I don't because I'll do four things, which is what I'm a gra- what I'm grateful for 
which is just like a good daily exercise of gratitude. Mm -hmm. What I did that was awesome, what I did Mm -hmm. that was not awesome, and how I helped myself. And there have been days where I've had nothing to say for what I did that was not (laughs) awesome. And I just had to like dig deep and be like, I don't know, I had a pizza, I guess, and I shouldn't have done that. Oopsie, oopsies. Uh, but never yeah. a day that you don't have gratitude yeah exactly gratitude yeah. every single day and then uh we also do the bs book club that just released and that is just audiobooks of all of my books and i'm just repurposing them to go out so that that came once quarantine started happening and i was like people are staying in a lot let's just give them the books for free through audiobooks which um a guy i, I used to be pretty close to scott sigler is uh, he does that as well he's written like a lot of books and then just releases weekly audiobook updates and so we're doing that with this as well i keep forgetting about you as a, as a writer of prose as well talk talk about your books um oh mm-hmm. lord um <laughs> so they are a lot for one so young i know right there is I've written a trilogy. It's the Quiesel Corp trilogy, which is a series of books that never should have been written. But actually, hold on. The first book should have <laughs> never been written. The other two are great. But it is a it's literally a D&D campaign me and my friends did before I knew how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. I pulled out they were playing Yu-Gi-Oh because if you couldn't tell I'm a nerd. And I was sitting there and I I didn't play at the time. I dabbled and I pulled out a piece of paper and started making character sheets for all of my friends, not knowing how to make a character sheet. I think I stole it from Fallout, the video game. I was like, these are your stats. Here's, here's this. And passed them out and just said, we're going to go on an adventure. Okay, what's going to happen? No idea. And so it is literally an improvised D&D game where I made everything up off the spot and then they kind of added in character details and stuff like that. And so then I turned that into the first book and for Christmas gave it to them as a gift. And they said, this is great. And then I was an idiot and added a cliffhanger, which meant I had to write a second one. And so then the second one came out and then the third one. So that's that's what Quiesel Corp is. It's it's like if a fantasy book was written by an absolute idiot is the way I describe it. <laughs> and what because, a ringing endorsement that is. Because like all of the tropes are yeah. not right. Nickelback is in it for some reason. The band mm-hmm. now, that's one that I'm like sure I'm going to get in trouble for. I'm going to get sued by Nickelback one of these days for that. Uh, they're in it, and it's just this weird meshing of a bunch of different styles together to mm. form a good narrative with weird stuff happening on the outskirts that I would go back and change. Mm. But uh, that's one. The other is a spinoff of my our basically our main show, which is a load of BS, which is where me and Blake Tanner basically come up with movie ideas we recently have started like doing long form improv for it as well but um yeah it's just me and him and he'll be like what if we make an idea it's game of thrones but all the houses are fast food chains okay let's see what we could do with that and then for the next 30 minutes flesh that out so that's that show i wrote a book that's a spinoff that has absolutely no idea no connection to that concept whatsoever and it's called BS versus the gods. And ah. this is a spoiler alert, but I don't care. This is 
Oh, yeah. Well, this is the story. This is where it came from. I was sitting down one day and I was like, I want to write another book, but not in the Quiesel Corp trilogy. I want to do something different. I said, I want to write a book where at the end, Blake and I are riding atop a dragon and a unicorn. I've got a flaming sword. He's got a machine gun. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to make that happen and not make it seem totally out of nowhere. And I think I did a just (laughs) pretty good job with it. But the plot of the book essentially is we discover that like Grecian gods have escaped and started to run amok on our world. And it's our jobs to kind of put them back and fix them. So it's all based around uh, the main god we fight in it is Eris. So the Mm -hmm. god of discord. So we have to fight her. Um, before she can send more group texts to her friends. Ha <laughs> Discord. <laughs> Discord. I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's all the books. And then I think that's all the podcasts. At, at this point, mm-hmm. when I go to like podcast conventions and they ask me, right. hey, what show do you do? I say, choose your own adventure. I'm just going to list a few things and you, you just don't know what you're interested in. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. You just need a fistful of business cards and say, and if you don't like that one, you can try this one. And, uh, Here's this one. Here's this one. Here's yeah. That one. What kind do you like? So no, and you do live events as well. I've seen uh, not not uh, before an audience, but uh, uh, Facebook and yeah. Is that will, right? YouTube. Uh, we'll go live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, and then Twitter as well with opposite attractions. BS and Fight Boys, because I think those really behoove having someone join you. Can't really go live with me again and just have people like, oh, cool, yeah. he ate another pizza today. Okay, yeah. look at that. No, you, you don't want a Twitch stream. It's just full of people saying, dude, what is your problem? Dude, are you all right? Are you, you can, Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That actually... Yeah, it may be worth a try, but the BS I I have always assumed is uh, me is Blake and Scotty. Oh yeah, Blake and Scotty. That's actually all the way back from college. That is back from college days. Way back Um, then. Well, this is the bizarre thing: is the fact that you were kind of a part of the reason JWF started as a thing, as far as JWF wrestling, because back in college. Me and Blake would play WWE 2K14 and just mess around and make people. And mm-hmm. one of our main wrestlers was, in fact, Lee Shackleford. And that show just kind of grew and bloomed and became what it is today. So you were kind of part of the origin story for that. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And and I'm such a I'm such a killer, you know, so that that all makes. Sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because people know me as a dangerously violent person. So, so vicious. Yeah. Uh, your glasses never came off in one bit right. of that of those matches. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> That's right. So, <clears throat> and you have a very distinctive logo that I think says this is BS. But uh, as a as a history buff, I'm afraid that I also see uh, um, the uh, SS is oh. lightning bolts. And uh, there is an SS logo yeah. and our logo on accident i didn't mean for this to happen just wanted you to tell me that that's an accident because i so so no i've got some bad news for you right just want you that you you and blake are finally going to come out as uh as total nazi sympathizers and uh, yeah that that literally that logo man i it's went through so many different iterations that now i'm like i'm just gonna settle with this one and not change it anymore because i've changed it way too many times at this point 
Yeah. No, that's the problem with a brand. You know, you got to. Yeah. Uh, you know. Once you put a Nazi logo in there, right. you're kind of stuck for you're life, man. Stuck. Hey, the Jefferson County Courthouse has got uh, that symbol on it. So. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, that's from its Native American roots, not because Birmingham is full of Nazi sympathizers. Although. Uh, uh, oh, no. Yeah. Depending on what part you go. Sometimes to. it's hard to tell. Well, I, I was. Uh, this is a bit of uh, of our uh, our hometown history. That there was a time. Oh, this would have to have been 20 years ago, where uh, the the Klan decided that they would hold a rally on the steps of uh, the Jefferson County Courthouse, uh, celebrating the fact that we've got a, a, a swastika. What what they what looks to them like a swastika uh, in stone on our our building. The the city dealt with this by closing off streets. And putting fences up everywhere, and they were trying to contain what they thought was going to be the disaster of uh, the fighting that might break out. Well, it turned out that nobody came to support the, the Nazis, and because they closed off all the streets, everybody with a skateboard in town came. Oh, and it, so what this... the uh, what the Illinois Nazis were were met with was um, a skateboard rally. This sounds amazing, Tony Hawk's Underground Pro. Yeah, exactly. It was actually hilarious. I mean, because the guys were up there shouting and they had megaphones and nobody's listening to them. They were skateboarding. And I, and I like to say that's the real Birmingham people, what, what you're seeing here. Skateboarders <laughs> fighting Nazis. Exactly. <laughs> and the skateboarders won. So what, what's your what's your long range? Do you have a long range plan for, for Deviant? Um, I, this You might find this familiar. I'm trying to go to about five seasons with it. Yeah. Um, we are teasing our... I don't know if he's secondary or going to be the big bad of the whole series yet. Mm. I'm still trying to determine where I want to yeah. place him in the hierarchy. But we did tease another villain coming in at the end of the uh, the final episode. I did do like the nerdiest tease I've ever done in my entire life, which is... That's saying something. Spoil- yeah. well, sp- spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, at the end of it, Alyssa glitches and messes uh-huh. up. Uh, and and it's like the last thing that happens and her voice kind of starts skipping but only starts skipping between these two phrases and i don't know if i should reveal this but those two phrases are binary so one is a one one is a zero and -hmm. if you go through and painstakingly calculate (laughs) each one and zero it will reveal the name of the new big bad easter egg oh yeah it was one of those things that I was like, I'm just going to leave it in and never tell anybody. I'm going to keep this a real big secret. No, I can't. I worked too no. hard on that. I worked too hard <laughs> right. on it. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. This is no fun if nobody ever knows. Uh-huh. Well, part of me does like that kind of like old school mystery feel of it's been 60 years and no one's found this hidden Easter egg. But there's another part of me that's like, you do it. Go yeah. find it. Go. <laughs> In a, in a relativity not too long ago, I had the opportunity to use the Wilhelm scream, and I decided against it just because it's too recognizable and has I become did. sort of a joke. I shot I, it so quick. I shot I, that cannon so quickly I to so, throw that in there. <laughs> I, I just punched the air, and I said, thank God Scotty can do it on his show because <laughs> – <laughs> Well, that was kind of the origins of Deviant as a concept, was realizing like, oh no, relativity is going to come to an end. Is there, 
what's going to happen on that feed after that? And so that's when I was like, well, what if I did like a sci-fi type thing and started brainstorming ideas? And that's where Deviant came from. And then me and you had a lovely lunch. I gave you the idea for it. And you're like, yeah, do it. And the microphone I'm using now, I may say. Oh, yeah. Forget about that. This beautiful audio technica. And you've recorded all of Prithvi's lines, which have some surprises for people that I won't say anything about. All of that is in the can up to the the very living end. And um, I, I I keep hoping we can get back into production because I've got a I got a lot of a lot of people's dialogue in the can. I just can't cut it all together yet. So this this pandemic thing. Oh yeah. Well, no, you've got me here. Just like call me in. I could have said do it. Somebody else, yeah. Just come do Put it. Put me in, coach. <laughs> but somebody has to write all this stuff. Oh, those, that's the worst part of this whole thing. That was the struggle I had with Deviant for a very long time was the fact that it had the most struggled production, uh, uh opening production of all time because I did uh podcast movement big conference, one of my buddies runs it. He uh. he did a twenty eight day launch your podcast challenge that's for normal people who are like i want to do a podcast about drinking with my buddies that's easy to launch in 28 days not easy to launch an audio drama in 28 days you can't do that but i tried and that first episode came out after just 28 days of production so it was a very panicked rushed release for me that's fantastic and i didn't know that um because i was just going to ask the um uh, many of us who who do this uh, find that we break into two groups. Uh, there are planners and pantsers, meaning people who fly by the seat of their pants. And as you know, uh, as a cast member, uh, I've got relativity written out 10, sometimes 20 episodes in advance. Oh, yeah. And then th- there are other people who uh, write on Thursday and record on Friday. And that's 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 me on that's action. I do, for season two. I am going to try to at least like get five episodes written in in the can. So that way I won't be panicking every week to get everything released. But there have been some there have been some instances might have been episode nine or something like that. One of them where it was literally write it on Thursday, uh, record on Friday, edit it Saturday, release on Sunday. Like yeah. it was a very quick turnaround. All right. I don't. I'm. I'm too old for this kind of thing. I can't do that. I can't. With do me, that. it's. It's almost. Uh. It, it's kind of the way I do things has been unfortunately inspired by South Park, because <laughs> it's it, South Park. It's a show. People have their opinions, but there's an amazing yeah. documentary on the creators of South Park called like Seven Days to Tape or something like that, yeah. and it's about how South Park is always kind of up on the news, and that's because. Right. They get in on Tuesday, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Finalize Wednesday, end production, and the show is out by next Tuesday. They've got exactly. seven days to do everything, yeah. and that's that's how I do the majority of what I release is try my best to get it as update as possible. Because if like on a wrestling show we make a reference to a guy who's like been kicked out of the company at this mm-hmm. point, we don't want to be releasing that. Like uh, I just, I also do like a full wrestling YouTube channel with video game playthroughs and stuff like that. I like wrestling if you couldn't tell. And uh, <laughs> one of the videos I taped months back involved me like in a storyline with a wrestler who just had some very heavy accusations levied against him. Well, and I just had to be like, I recorded this in the past. I do not uh, own anything I said here. Right. So, yeah. I really do like that South Park 
quick turnaround. That way nothing seems like out of place or distasteful. Yeah. yeah. And it's how Saturday Night Live has worked always too. It's, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you, yeah, if you're doing it that week, then you can always stay. Usually you can stay ahead of uh, major events like that. that that's a better example that's, than South Park. So thank you for that. I'm going to steal but, that for the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they've just been doing it longer, but that, but yeah, that was part of the, uh, the covenant with the South Park from the beginning was that they were going to be, you know, they were always going to be topical. They're going to be talking about things that mm-hmm. happen in the news and, uh, and how they found time to, to write book of Mormon in the midst of doing that's that. That's right. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> She it whiz. had to have been during a season break or something, and, but even yeah. then, that's like, so much. I'm sure there's a documentary about that process too. We got to find out. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, uh, I just I wish we were in Seattle right now. That's just how yeah. I'm at Perma Perma right now. Because well, no, here's the thing. It's even like more not like I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's like a perfect mirror for me because I don't know if you remember this. When you brought me on to do mm. Relativity, I was in Seattle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, beca- yeah, because of the podcasting convention there. Yeah, so it came full circle wow. for me. Yeah. And then we'll be there. Yeah, we're going to do it. I had uh, said, in fact, on the last um, Relativity Connections, when I was talking to Alex, um, I had said that uh, the sad news is that Copious, the venue where we were going to do our our live show, um, has closed down, a victim of uh, the virus. But it turns out that was a rumor. They are, in fact, ready to open their doors again as soon as the restrictions are lifted. So Copious hey. is still there. So maybe we're going back to Seattle. We'll, we yes. will work this out. One of these oh, days. Yeah. yeah. Live relativity. And I'll just like be quietly doing lines as like Dane Armstrong, just quietly exactly. putting in okay. bits of deviant throughout the whole show. Well, it'll probably be a very different um, Wi-Fi sci-fi than we planned because uh, so it may have uh, it may have deviant in it and God knows what all else, you know. Oh yeah. We just don't. Anything's possible. We've learned the hard oh, way yeah. from having the show abruptly canceled by a microscopic thing that doesn't have a brain. Yeah, exactly. Don't talk we, about me like that. We didn't, <laughs> you microscopic brainless thing. Yeah. No, we just um, we didn't anticipate that. Strangely enough. Yeah, not many people present like thought about a giant global outbreak like no. that. No, no. Although, um, one of the things that's kind of awkward for me, uh, while while the show is on hold, while I, I I can think about relativity, but I can't do much about it. But I am, in fact, at home um, connecting with people only by electronic means. And meanwhile, on my home planet, there's a virus that's trying to oh, yeah. kill us. It's like, wait a minute, this has gotten a little weird, unexpectedly little weird. weird. <laughs> I This is not my fault, I promise you. Not my fault. Yeah, I didn't. And all anyway. of a sudden, I have this voice. It's very yeah. bizarre. I don't understand <laughs> exactly. what you've done. <laughs> but I know you're, you're going to get me through, though, I know. <laughs> so you've got the ideas. So, oh, I keep I've, I keep meaning to ask you this. And so the image just, just flashed in my mind. Did you, you You've seen uh, Alex's drawing of Prithvi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've got I that on the like, website. That don't now. look like me, but I guess that's the right thing. <laughs> Right, it shouldn't look like you, but but I just 
you know, everybody's got a different mental image of characters on, on uh, an audio drama, of course. But I mean, she shared that and I said, bam, that is my mental picture of Prithvi. Exactly. We have the same. <laughs> that is so cool. With me, I, 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 with most of mine, I try to stray away from any concrete in my head just to yeah. see what like fan artists come out with. Um, it, which is the same thing. One of my favorite shows, The Adventure Zone, they did that as well. They were like, we are not going to say what anybody looks like or anything like that. That way fan artists can do what they want with it. Like certain things are are givens, like a dwarf is going to be tiny no matter what. But in my show, I think the only concrete thing we've get given is Frank is short and Valcor is purple. That's it. Other than yep. that, fan artists can have a field day with it. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love the blank slate. And uh, yeah, and people have drawn all kinds of Chris's and Sophia's for me and none of them look the same. And they, you know, it's, it's, uh, yep. it's very interesting. So this is, oh yeah. We're, Cause we're AF is what we're doing here. Yeah. Yo. Anyway, we're great AF. Is what we're we great are. AF. Is what we are. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I but, need um, some people who are like big audio fiction fans to make a podcast called hashtag great AF. And it's yeah. just them reviewing audio fiction. That's right. Well, I think you've, you've, you've made a mission for yourself now. You got to. No, don't put that on me. I'm giving that gift to the audience. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's just another thing for you to do. Yeah. Uh, keep, keep, keep creating, keep uh, getting the word out there. And uh, I, I, I gotta, I, I'm going to, that when I get off the line here, I'm going to go subscribe to your uh, your daily diary of self improvement, the yeah. name of which I've already forgotten. Uh, you'll so, figure it out. Yeah. Go to emotivepurebs.com. You can find all of my shows. The next thing I was going to say was uh, tell people how they can find you. And that's uh, it. You can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S E O T T Y E M O. Find all the shows at emotivepurebs.com. And uh, that's it, I think. Yeah, I've I've gotten I've gotten shilling down to an art, almost masterful like is how well pattern, I can shill. Man. Yeah. Uh, if I do, I have time for one last story, and it's my Absolutely. favorite shill. This is my favorite shilling story of oh, all time, <laughs> because I didn't know it was happening, mm. because it was at Dragon Con, and I don't know if you know of Dragon Con, but yeah. it is a lot of nerds and a yeah. lot of alcohol. Oh, and. That- that part I never uh, encountered. So, oh no, there's a lot. Okay. There's a there's too much. And yeah. so, we went to an establishment in Atlanta called the Red Phone Booth, which is a speakeasy. You have to know a code to get in. And luckily, someone on Reddit found it and posted it for everyone at DragonCon. <laughs> well, we're chilling there, waiting to get in. And up next to me walks a very tall gentleman, kind of a shorter person, and I mean like super tall. And they knock on the door. They don't even follow the protocol. Guy walks out. Yeah, you guys with the private party? No, but we're Chewbacca and BB-8, so if you could let us in. And the new actor for Chewbacca and the actor for BB-8 were right next to us. And then we finally get in after a while. We spend the night with them making Wookiee noises. But at one point, I black out because it's Dragon Con. And the next day, I wake up. And Blake was there with me, and he goes, you did a good job last night. What do you mean? You got us in the VIP section? You were telling everybody about the show? You got us free cigars and drinks? And I was like, 
I don't remember any of this. He's like, I yeah, did? <laughs> the superpower kicked in. Yeah. Well, once yeah. You, once you've learned it, and you should be able to do it in your sleep, and you essentially did. I did. I was basically asleep. Yes. I see. This is weird because uh, I have a, a similar story uh, connected only by the bond of Chewbacca because I was at a con as a. Uh, on a panel of some kind. I don't even remember what con this was, but I was in the green room waiting to go on. And in the green room with me was Peter Mayhew. Oh, you and got the OG Chewbacca. I exactly. Got OG Chewbacca. Yeah. And we were just sitting and talking and there was a TV in there. We were watching something on TV and I made a joke about something on that we had seen on the screen and he just cracked up. He just laughed and laughed and laughed and slapped me on the back, which is, you know, an experience Painful. from a guy that big. Yeah. Um, but I cherished it, of course. But I cannot remember for the life of me what it was I said oh, that was yeah. so that was so funny. But anyway, you know, I gave Peter Mayhew a moment of joy, which I I feel like for all the pleasure he's given me over the years, it just and I bought him I bought uh, Junus, which is the new one's name. Good I bought thing. him a whiskey sour, which is like liquid joy. So. Exactly. Yeah. And he finally and he got a medal too. Chewbacca oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Actually, my, maybe my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we could stay here and geek out all night. But th- but thank you for doing this, and uh, I, I hope that my uh, many 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 listeners will listen to all this stuff, and it will it will point them towards your things. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll go buy your uh, books, which you've um, indicated are stupid and pointless, right? Yes. And um, well, no, just the yeah. first one. In okay, that just trilogy. the. That's okay. one of those like. Then it gets better. That's like the first season of a show is bad, but you slog through oh, yeah. it to get to. That's what that book is. Okay. Yeah. And now there's an audiobook version of them, so they can uh, do that on a commute. Yep, yep, yep. And you can get all of this at a load, a load of, of pure, pure BS. BS. That a uncut load. BS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a load of pure BS.com. Have a good one, man. Have a good one, boss. This is a Ninth World Journal. A careless experiment with a teleportation device has left me stranded in random places throughout the Ninth World. While trying to survive in these strange lands, I must find a way to reverse my condition. A Ninth World Journal is a science fantasy audio drama podcast. Subscribe to listen or visit ninthworldjournal.com. If you enjoy space adventures featuring brave and competent astronauts. Can you give me a countdown to be ready? A three, two, If you enjoy podcasts that are culturally sensitive. I've been labeling stuff aboard the ship with post-its so she can learn a language. I speak English, you bloody... If you enjoy shows with sophisticated humor. Well, that's just rude. It's her spacesuit. Then you may not want to listen to Oz9. But if you simply enjoy giggling. Oh, <laughs> you anglers, so snooty about all the everythings. Oz9 may be the show for you. Get it wherever you find the other shows you like to put in your ears. That title is spelled O Z dash numeral 9. You could certainly do worse.